This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. Glad to be with you here as we get set for one of the biggest races of the year. And we got some things to talk about from some final races in our region over the weekend. All those things and more coming up, as well as two great interviews. But first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Ryan Unzicker took home the Mars Racing Series Season Championship, wrapping up the title this weekend at Fairbury Speedway. Bobby Pierce won the season finale, grabbing the $15,000 payday. How about Tim McCready scoring win number six on the 2022 season for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series? Saturday night at the Talladega Short Track, T-Mac took home $15,000 for his efforts. Ricky Thornton Jr. and Dale McDowell rounded out the podium. And in NASCAR, uh, how about that kid? You know the one, Christopher Bell. He goes to victory lane after a dramatic and questionable race at the Charlotte Roval punching his ticket into the next round of the playoffs. We could talk about that probably for the whole show, but I don't. I think that we all care about as equally about that as one another. So that's what's happening in Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I had a great weekend, and I was in the right place at the right oh, time, wasn't I? <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this, man. I cannot wait. How was your weekend? What'd you do? Man, uh, not bad. I kind of actually, I laid low this weekend, spent some time with the fam, uh, you know, had a couple of things to do with the wife and kids. So it was nice. Got a, got a chance to hang out with the family before a big Winchester weekend, which we're going to talk about. Uh, but Rich, uh, before we get too deep into the show tonight, we have to uh, pay our condolences and I, I need to pay some respects. Uh, it was announced earlier this morning that the first promoter I ever did anything in racing with Passed away this morning. Merle Holden, who was the uh, the head honcho at Montville Speedway for several, several years, uh, succumbed this morning to an ailing health situation. Uh, Merle was the first promoter I ever raced under. At 10 years old, he let this kid get behind the wheel of a full-size race car. The phrase, I'll let him race if he can drive. And apparently I was good enough to get a chance to race on his track. Front-wheel drives, they ran go-karts at that track when I was there. Street stocks, uh, stand-up modifieds. If you've never been to Montville, it was just a unique place. But the one thing that you can always say was that you had a relaxing time at Montville. Everything was chill, everything was kicked back. Uh, You know, cool, cool door prizes um, and 50-50 prizes and just... Such a relaxed place to race and rich. Montville itself, unique, right? 72 years of consecutive racing action at Montville. Um, Michiana's home track right there at the Michigan-Indiana line. And Merle was such a unique promoter. 
He would start as early as he could and run as late as he could in his heyday. In fact, they ran 85 races in a single season back in 2002 and 88 races in a single season back in 2003 because they loved to race. And yes, if you do the math, that means that they had a plow truck on campus to clear snow off of the racetrack a couple of times. And uh, I remember we used to race in the rain there at Montville. You'd use the Rain-X on the windshield. And if, if you could see, we were racing. And uh, it was just very unique. And that's what everybody will say is that Merle ran a unique racetrack, uh, but uh, sad today to learn that he passed away. So praying for him, his family, his wife, Judith, uh, you know, great, great people who uh, somehow managed to keep little old Montville Speedway in operation for all these years. So thinking of them today as we get started. Yeah, we didn't want to have to do this two weeks in a row, yeah. and um, we ended up having to do that. So, um, yeah. And by the way, I got to say, uh, this just came to me. Uh, rumor has it they are going to finish out the season. Uh, so there was a little bit of a social media call this for, for this coming weekend. If you aren't planning on going, say, to Winchester, uh, big invites going out to uh, come on out Saturday to Montville because uh, allegedly, from what I understand, uh, his going wish was that they finish out the 2022 season and they've got uh, the rest of this month yet to go. So uh, apparently they're going to try to do that. So could be could be some record numbers at Montville the next three weeks. So good luck to them. And I don't know, maybe I'll try to make it down there next weekend. Sounds fun. But we finished Woo! our weekend, our Man. season at the, at the Toledo Speedway. Um, I was there for the 2022 Arkham Menard Series Championship event on Saturday. Both drivers in the championship and the owner's championship were both still up for grabs. One point in the owner's championship, two points in the driver's championship before the day began. Uh, but the excitement on the day ended up being for the owner's championship to be decided between Jesse Love with Venturini Motorsports and Sammy Smith with Kyle Busch Motorsports, who, like I said, entered the day one point apart. Love had it his way for most of the Shore Lunch 200, Zach. In the end, leading at near 190 laps. But as they say, Zach, that's why you run them all. That's right. Uh, with the laps winding down, Love would encounter lap traffic, which would allow second place Grant Enfinger, uh, taking a break from his NASCAR Craftsman or Camping World Truck Series duties. I would, uh, say, I would say you're behind with the times, but now we can say you're ahead of the times. It's not next year yet. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and third place, Sammy Smith, to close the gap in traffic. With five to go, Enfinger would work inside Love down the backstretch into turn number three. But Love wasn't done yet. He worked up, worked back to the inside off of turn four with a pretty crossover move uh, to get back to the inside of Enfinger. The two leaders would run side by side for another, another lap or two, followed by slight contact going into turn one and two with two laps remaining. Then it was Sammy time. Smith closed it, closed in on the duo in turn one, made slight contact with Love on his left rear corner, which would send Love and Enfinger up the racetrack, allow Smith to motor off and turn the fastest two laps he ever turned <laughs> because he did not want Love, Jesse Love getting back to him. Smith would take home the win, followed by Love and Enfinger, giving KBM the owner's title. The driver's title, Zach, wasn't quite as dramatic as Daniel Dye would encounter mechanical issues during the event allowing Nick Sanchez to take his first ever Arkham Menard Series championship. And, Zach, you saw the highlights. Yes. You tell me. They were fighting everywhere 
at Toledo Speedway. Um, <laughs> did Sammy Smith do anything wrong? No, I don't think so. Closing laps for a win at Toledo, that place is hard to pass on, right? It's it's inside lane dominant, and uh, you get a run, you catch guys that are running side by side. Heck, I, you know, I mean, you know, Sammy Smith is an aggressive driver. We've seen that. If you can take the two-for-one deal by moving one guy, go for it, right? And uh, he's, he's you know, he's going to race next year in uh, in the truck series, so what's he got to lose? Um, so, uh, man, I, 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 saw, I saw it on the highlights, um, and when I saw it, I knew it was coming. I think everybody at, on the campus at Toledo Speedway knew it was coming. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. If Jesse Love gets back to him, Sammy's got one coming, but he couldn't get back to him. So, um, I don't know. I'm okay with it. And I, probably the coolest thing afterwards. So they come down the front stretch and Sammy's ready to try to find victory lane. Yeah. Well, Jesse keeps blocking him, right? Yes. Pulls his car in front of him a couple times. So I think that got Sammy a little upset. So Sammy just parked his car right in front of Jesse's number 20 and Burn did his down. burnout right there. That's right. Filled that number 20 car with all the smoke off of those, off of those general tires coming off of that number 18 machine. Yep. Um, and and then you know then it started getting getting out of hand. Jesse tried to help Sammy from the car. That didn't work. Too I well. saw that. Yeah. So, um, but uh, you know we were we were watching and we thought, man, nobody's got anything with this twenty car, and and he really didn't. Man, Jesse Love was strong all day long, and it really his car started going away the last twenty laps, and that's what let Grant Enfinger and Sammy Smith back in the race, and it brought them tight together, and then you know that's what happens. It's the last two laps for a championship, um, I doubt there were going to be pleasantries exchanged for, for the last two laps. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think the uh, the post-race antics maybe are a little bit over the line. You know, let pull up to victory lane, let Sammy do his burnout, have the confrontation if you're going to. I'm of, I'm of the belief uh, if you fight in the pitch, you're banned. If you fight on my front stretch, you get an extra hundred bucks in your payoff. So I'm okay with the physical altercation. I think that's something that, um, you know, our sport kind of has lost touch with a little bit is guys running over each other, not having to pay any consequences. So I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with blocking each other in victory lane and going back and forth and burning the tires down right in front of him. That, you know, that's a little childish. Um, but other than that, I'm, I was okay with that whole situation. I thought it was – I told you this off the air – I think that was the most exciting thing to happen to the Arkham Menard series in a year, if not two. I mean, that, that was needed for that series. Yep. And just to give you a little bit of a lead in those two gentlemen, are going to run, run into each other again in a few days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be forgotten by the time we get to Winchester. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, right? Winchester 400 weekend is here and uh, the pre-entry lists have been released for all the divisions that are racing under the champion racing association banner and uh, Rich, you've had a chance to look at them. I've had a chance to look at them. Pretty good fields of cars for a really aggressive racetrack and uh, a really aggressive weekend. I mean, again, you talk about Sammy Smith. We saw what he did on the last lap back straight away, coming to the checker to try to win last year's Winchester 400. Um, so I think that the gloves are off again this year to try to go back to victory lane. And I asked Sammy about that when I talked I talk to him on Saturday and I said, uh, you know, you got to be excited to go back and defend your Winchester 400 championship. And he says, you have no idea how much I want to do that. <laughs> so, um, so he's going in on a high. But, but Zach, let's let's look at a little bit of this. I I went through this. We'll just start with the Winchester 400, the Arca Series Super Series. I was looking through here. I see 
eight or ten guys that can win this race. Yeah, easily, right? So, I mean, do you want to go first or do you want me to? <laughs> yeah, well, well, let me just throw some names out there and you can fit some and then we can do our picks that mean absolutely nothing. That's right. But so, uh, you know, and, and we got, I think we have, what, 30 cars now entered as of today? Yep. Close to it. 29 is what uh, I have, yep. All right, so we're just going to start by some of the numbers here and, and some of the guys that you need to look for. 14, Carson Hosovar, absolutely right, uh, won this race a, a couple of years ago. Um, Chase Berta has been running well in everything that he's been driving lately. I don't know that you can just, you know, punch his ticket out of winning. So I think you got to keep an eye on Chase Berta. But then come the big dogs, Chandler Smith, Jesse Love, Sammy Smith, William Sawalich, Casey Roderick, Jake Garcia, Stephen Nassi, um, Corey Heim, Kyle Crump. I think I think every one of those guys can win the race. Yeah, every one of them. Absolutely. And uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you know the the big names and Carson Hosevar, of course, uh, somebody that we're going to watch from up here in Michigan. But you know, don't don't overlook these guys who have run up front before but just haven't been able to seal the deal and i look at albert francis who's been quick a couple of times this year of course you say albert francis's name you think about what happened in nashville on the front row turned sideways down the back straight away big mess uh you know that was that was kind of a black eye but you know he 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 is capable of running fast he's in the points with the uh, arca cre super series so he's going to be trying to be competitive also can I tip a cap to Michael Hind? These guys, he and William Sowlich went after each other in that last race at Winchester Speedway. Now, granted, the field was nowhere near as big as it's going to be for Winchester, but that was Michael's first time at Winchester, and he led a lot of laps. Didn't lead the one that mattered the most, but he led a lot of laps around Winchester, so his notebook is pretty well full on how to be fast at that place. So uh, I look for him to be able to do some stuff. You know, qualifying is going to be important for him, but of course, uh, you know, it's a potential. But I'm with you, Rich. Jesse Love, Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith. You know, you remember last year Chandler's car, right? They had that mechanical, that electrical problem that bit them just before the halfway point. They could never recover. He obviously had the fastest car on the property, but was just so many laps down they couldn't do anything with it. So, um, you know, keep an eye on him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can put my finger on uh, a way too early prediction because anything can happen. It's the Winchester 400. Stephen Nassie, right? Mechanical problems every year, it seems like. He can't find his way uh, to victory lane consistently at this race. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Do you have one? Well, I, I know that uh, we do have two of the top three out of last year's Snowball Derby uh, are, are entered, which is Chandler Smith picked up the win down there in Pensacola, and Cole Butcher, who ended up third, he's entered as well. That's we didn't right. even mention Cole Butcher. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a few in mind, but, oh, my Lord. That, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go with a couple. We, how about we each pick two, and maybe we'll get one, maybe we'll get one right? All right. Uh, well, it's, like, it's like Yahtzee, right? That's <laughs> right. So your name comes second in the logo, so I'll let you choose first. Oh, fantastic. So on the, we haven't even got to the Jags race yet. We're going to talk about them in a minute. Uh, but for the Winchester 400, give me, uh, I'm going to go Chandler Smith and I think Steven Nassie. All right. Nassie, Nassie's got, he, he wants his second Winchester 400 win. Uh, he's one of the three drivers in this event that has won it before. Nobody else has. I think we could have a repeat winner. We could. 
I'm going to say that this kid can't be stopped, and I was correct when I picked him for Toledo. You told me I was off my rocker. I know that this is the Winchester 400. This is uh, the most prestigious race that this kid's ever going to be in um, or has been in yet in his young career. But I think William Sawalich or Sawalich or however you want to say it, Matt Preer, um, I think that this kid, with the help of Donnie Wilson Motorsports, has a real opportunity to go to victory lane. And, um, you know, he's going to lean on his teammates for this a little bit too, but I think he's got an opportunity. And I'll take the other Smith just to keep it even. Sammy Smith in number 22 I think is a real contender for this as well. So uh, give me Smith Motorsports – or excuse me, give me uh, Donnie Wilson Motorsports for the win at uh, the Winchester 400. Yeah, I just just think 400 laps is going to be too much with the young man with the competition that he's got to deal with. Uh, He doesn't have experience in this event. Um, 400 laps is a long time oh, yeah. around, the, around the Winchester Speedway. Now, you want to talk about the Jags 100 on Friday night. Oh, I'll put William Swallow right there at the top, <laughs> right? That's right. Um, I, I gave him a pretty strong advantage. But, uh, I mean, still, we have some guys from our area that have been strong in that event and weren't strong last year. Chase Berta was very strong um, before the incident down there in turn one. Uh Ethan Stanuchek had an incident going into turn number three that wasn't his fault. He was running in the top five. So, and Jimmy Tucker's heading down there, the crew chief for hire that decided most of this year he's going to crew chief for himself and uh, set up his own race car. Uh, he'll be down there. So, I, gosh, Zach, I, I think that one there is probably William Sawalich's race to lose. And how about Michael Simcoe going to jump behind the wheel of a pro-late model for that weekend as well? Uh, You mentioned Stephen Nassie for the Super. He'll be in a pro-late model that weekend. Uh, Michael Hind will be in the pro-late model. The Varney brothers will be racing. Um, Also, John Beach has a win at Winchester, right? Saved his tires, did his strategy, almost did it again here a couple of few weeks ago when we were there, just came up short on that run to the finish. Um, so don't count out John Beach from Muskegon. He he showed us that he's capable. Um, Dan Leak, we didn't mention his name at all. Nick Egan uh, in the championship hunt, the rookie, he got the win. All he did was keep his nose clean, and I think that's a big thing about Winchester, right, Rich, is you have to be fast, yes, but you also have to have luck on your side and the ability to plan these races out, especially in this pro late model division, to stay out of trouble. Yeah, it's a fast racetrack, Zach, but even at 100 laps, you have to manage your tires. Uh, you can't just go out and go go 100. I mean, they got, I think for the 400, they got what, four four sets of tires or something like that that they're going to be able to use uh, for the 400 laps. Uh, you're, I don't think you're going to see them change tires in the, in the Jags 100 uh, on Friday night. But, uh, yeah, I, the, there are some, some – of some everybody behind Sawalich is really, really close together. So – if something happens, if the young man has an off day, um, realizes he's no longer 16 years old and he's <laughs> a grown man and he can race with all these guys, um, I think there's several guys that can that can give him a run for it. But he's just been so good in the pro late models this year. Oh, man. Um, you know what? Give me Stephen Nassi pro late model feature winner. There you go. Winchester 100, uh, Jegs 100, I guess, technically is the naming rights. Uh, give it to Stephen Nassi. That's my pick. Lock it in. 
Well, that's not that's not surprising because the last time we interviewed Stephen Nassi, he picked up the All American One Hundred win. <laughs> so he he's on a roll for the support races, but he's got to, he's got to go back and grab a big one since that uh, since the Winchester Four Hundred he grabbed a few years ago. Are you uh, locking in uh, William then in the number twenty four? Yeah, for the Jags race, that's what I think. Right. I'll, I'll I'll go to sleep with it. That's fine. All right. I'll go with him. By the way, uh, the other divisions are racing as well. The Vores Welding and Steel 40 will be Saturday night uh, as long, as well as the Van Hoy Oil 40. That'll be Saturday night as well with the uh, Van Hoy Oil CRE Street Stocks and the Vores Welding and Steel uh, Late Model Sportsmen. They've got a decent entry list coming together, and they're going to do a pretty cool thing, Rich. They're going to have the uh, New Star 20 and uh, that'll be for both of those divisions, street stocks and uh, sportsmen, for the, the drivers, the, the maybe less experienced, the, the ones who don't have wins, that sort of thing. Those fields right now are kind of small, but I think it's a cool concept to give these guys an opportunity to go out there and maybe grab a win at Winchester in some more uh, relaxed competition, if you will. All right, so uh, that's our Winchester 400 preview. Um, we're going to be down there, Rich, all weekend long, Friday, Jags race, Saturday, as we mentioned. Uh, we'll have uh, CRA Lake Model Sportsman, CRA Street Stocks on, uh, on tap for what we're doing down there. And then, of course, the big Winchester 400. Um, I'm excited to get a chance to go back to the Winchester 400 and see what it's all about. And it uh, sounds like... I mean, this is all unofficial. We have our production meeting tomorrow, but it sounds like you and I will get to work together for this event this weekend, too. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, sounds like fun. And then also add in for Saturday, there is the Winchester 400 qualifying that's in the right. afternoon, along with the Run for the Gun qualifying and the Run for the Gun 54, the Midwest Modifies Tour. That will take place as well on Kyle Pur. Is it, is it Kyle Purvis night usually? Well, there, yeah, usually. On Saturday? That's right. Usually. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. So uh, hopefully you can join us down there at Winchester. If not, of course, Racing America will be your hookup for that uh, this weekend at Winchester Speedway. And, Zach, a little bit of local results we have to feed along. Uh, let's go back to Toledo Speedway because there are other championships settled. We didn't have a lot of guys racing here this weekend in our region. But Jim Froling grabbed the late model sportsman season championship feature event and in the process closed out another points championship. Uh, Brian Ringer picked up the factory stock win with Randy Padgett Jr. picking up his first ever points title. And then let's get dirty about some other of these results. Hartford Speedway running on a rare Saturday night. It was a uh, coalition with the Michigan, um, the uh, mid, what is it? The Michigan Dirt Compacts. Is that right? I got to be, I think I've got a couple of words mixed around, but that's basically who it was. They had UMP Modifieds racing there as well. What a great show. And Kurt Spaulding. Went on to go to Victory Lane there at Hartford. And then Winston Speedway, the player-hater Wild West shootout. Rich, if you'd have told me this event would have got in on time, I'd have told you you were nuts. You could have made some money off of me this weekend. But you didn't offer me the bet, so I didn't take it. Chad Finley grabs the UMP late model feature. His ninth win of 2022. I sent him a message, Rich. I said, how many of these races are you going to win from the front row? He said, well, three or four this season. A win's a win, right? And then A.J. Ward takes home the IMC Modified Payday for uh, the the uh, player hater Wild West shootout, which was two thousand dollars in his bank account, so nicely done to him. And let's not forget Springport Mid Michigan Speedway had Michigan Cup over the weekend. Mark Shook came from the sixth starting spot to go to Victory Lane in the Serial City Auto Parts Outlaw Super Late Model Division. As for the Late Model Sportsman Lane Head, Lane Head, not Buddy, not Kenny, 
Lane from the 13th starting spot. Went to victory lane. He brought Luke Crick with him through the field. Jeremy Pierman from 16th to finish third. Kenny Head from 17th to finish fourth. Dylan Stovall from 15th to finish fifth. Uh, they were passing in the late model sportsman division A feature. And uh, then modifieds. It was Chad Poorman who went to victory lane from the eighth starting spot, beating out Michael. Oh, no, Rich. This is one of those last names. Michael Oshapinti? Maybe? Possibly. Uh, the driver from Dearborn, Michigan, Corey Pressler in third, John McNett fourth, Aaron Taylor rounding out the top five. And then in street stocks, Andy Rutherford goes to victory lane from the 18th starting spot at Michigan Cup. So great great weekend of racing at, uh, at uh, Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. And I heard that the parties and the camping was out of this world that weekend. That may have been more of an attraction than the actual race cars on the track was the uh, camping area. Probably, but with those results, can we say – Huge inverts. Wow. That's what happened there. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think happened there. I think all the fast guys were in the back and uh, just had to be patient to get their way to the front. Well, Rich, one of the guys that was able to park it in victory lane, if not momentarily, over the weekend is joining us now. It's our pleasure to welcome the driver who is back after a couple of years' hiatus. He checks in on a Lowell, Michigan. Mark Anderson, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. Mark, uh, you know, this for for me, this year was really the first year that I had been introduced to Mark Anderson. Uh, you know, it's no it's no um it's no secret that I lived in a shell up until about 2017, 2018. I had a little safe zone in southern Michigan that was was all I knew about racing. Um, but man, oh man, did you storm the scene this year? 14 races, four wins, 10 top 10 finishes, seven top fives, according to my race pass. Uh, so that doesn't count events that aren't using my race pass. But man, that blue number 43, I know who Mark Anderson is now. So uh, man, welcome back to the scene. And I, what, what a season you had this year. Yeah, it feels, it feels good to be back. It, you know, I guess when we first started into it, we were, you know, we were fortunate just to be racing with these guys and you know, I guess feeling lucky that we could even stay up with them. You know, we're we're a little bit older than the rest of these younger guys, and it's kind of hard to keep up with. Talk to me about this decision. Uh, so for those who don't know, right, you kind of had went on a sabbatical or a hiatus. Uh, you know, th this is kind of like part two of your racing career. Is that right? Yeah, I raced for about 15 years in the UMP world, the UMP modified. You know, we pretty much traveled all over the United States and racing came first up until our kids started to get to that age and so i decided to take uh take an early retirement and uh spend some time with my kids and now my kids are 20 20 and 21 so we're back racing again and uh we uh we teamed up with a really good chassis builder and they've, they've seemed to have got us on the right path tell me about uh, what that time was like for you uh you know we, we've heard a couple of times rich and i've talked to drivers who have said you know, I think I'm going to have to step away because we've got kids that are growing up or, uh, you know, we, we've, we've put family on the back burner. What was that time like for you, I guess, to make that decision initially to say you're going to step away? And then how was it for you being away? It was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, this is a selfish sport. We, we race, you know, two week, two nights a week. We race, we work on our cars three nights a week. So the family came second as they were younger. And, you know, we, we were never home. Even, even the guys, you know, Nick and Mike and the guys that worked on the car all the time, none of us were ever home. We didn't spend any time with the family. So it was a great decision to do. I mean, and, and I think we've come back a little older, a little wiser, you know, I mean, 
maybe we don't uh, smack it against the wall as much anymore. But <laughs> I think uh, we're a little more, we're a little, we're a little better racer these days. You know, there's things that we don't do that we normally used to do. Mark, my my first introduction to you this was this season, and um, what a night it was! It was at I ninety six where I think if we want to be truthful about it, you kind of stunk to show up. I mean, um, that forty three was so fast, even with some late race race cautions. And, and giving these guys behind you a chance, uh, you know, Jacob Poole and others, you still pulled away and just dominated that event. That's got to feel pretty darn good when um, you're just a couple years back into this that you can have those kind of performances. Well, you know, those guys, there's no question about it. You know, those guys, him and AJ, uh, you know, they're, they're the best in the business. You know, uh, you, you start racing with the Thurlbees and, and those guys. I mean, those guys are the best, not just in Michigan, but, I mean, in the Midwest. They're, they're, they can win anywhere. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was very grateful of, of me just to be racing in the top three with those guys. And you mentioned uh, Jacob Poole comes into the conversation, but uh, you actually do a little business with him, don't you? He, uh, he actually, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, he, uh, he does all of our shocks. Uh, he, uh, he's kind of our go-to guy to bounce off ideas. I mean, that guy, you know, I call him the kid, but he's not a kid anymore. But you know, he's got little young kids, but. He is the most knowledgeable person I think I've ever met in, in modified racing. So we totally respect his help. You know, he's helped us um, get to that next level. Uh, I think he's taken the Longhorn that we race now and made it even better. So, uh, you know, I say a shout, I give a shout out to him because he, he, he does spend a lot of time with us. Mark, you're in the UMP modified ranks. Uh, what I, I guess I asked, you know, we've had – We've been on a run here with IMCA drivers, it seems like, for about the past six weeks on and off. But uh, what kind of made you want to make the change? Because um, we are noticing there's a few guys that are starting to make the change that that really made their name under UMP. I think it was just because there's so many other tracks, all the tracks in Michigan of switching to them. You know, there, there's so many opportunities to race at. You can race at four or five different racetracks where UMP, they don't, they don't even race every week here in, in Michigan. So it's, it's difficult to find the locations. But at the end of the day, you know, I-96 is 10 minutes from my house. And if that's going to be IMC, that's what we're going to be racing. You know, this season, uh, it's weird to say may have started slow for you. I don't, I don't know, right? 14th at Winston, 8th place, 8th place, 4th place, uh, DNS and I-96, and then, you know, 13th, 5th. 20th right and then you finally break in break through uh end of july you park it in victory lane and after that man uh look out mark anderson was untouchable after that point in the season uh what did it take to get your season rolling i mean you mentioned you're running a longhorn chassis usually when we hear longhorn uh it's on top of some big hoosier racing tires and a whole lot of horsepower uh so i'm not used to hearing that come out of an open wheel guy so uh what was the what was the key to your season this year i think just just not listen, you know, just listening to the guys at Longhorn was the cha- was the big change. It was, you know, stop stop listening to everybody else and just go with the manufacturer. Those, those guys, and it, there's no question about it, they're the best in the business. You guys know it. Everybody knows it. But in the modified world, they're just getting started, and we're just getting started. So it's um it's going to be a fun ride the next couple of years. These guys, I mean, from the fab shop to the shop guys, to the sheet metal guys, to the parts guys. They answer the phone every time you call them. They're there to help you. You've got drivers like Ethan Dotson and 
they'll they'll just they'll just they'll help you at any time anytime you want. So they're incredible. So the support you have is the reason why we're so successful. And you've got an opportunity now. Rich mentioned it with a lot of drivers making a change to IMCA. Uh, you really only have about three tracks in the state that you can't go to. Well, you could, but you'd be out out motored. Um, you get an opportunity to really go and see some different racetracks and and uh, man, race around a little bit now. Well, I think that's what we're going to do next year. We 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 kind of got a taste of it now. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to get crazy, but we are building a UMP engine. We may we may be going to Florida. Um, just, oh boy. just to maybe get some more <laughs> racing in, um, but we're probably going to do what we did last year. We didn't race all the time. You know, there was nights where we didn't go. Um, so, but we will have, I do want to have that opportunity to, if there's a race that I want to go to, especially outdoor is my favorite place. Boy, if we want to go there, we will have an, a UMP engine to race with those guys. And so is this, you would still have the Longhorn chassis and you'd just make some adjustments uh, leading up to that race? Is that right? Or would you have two cars ready to go? It's relatively simple. I mean, you change the nose and a few body parts and uh, left rear shock and right front shock and you can go racing. Well, obviously, you got to change the engine, but I mean, we're ready to go then. So wow. It's relatively simple. Mark, you know, if you, you talk about your relationship with Longhorn, you keep winning races like this, they're going to talk you into a car a little bit bigger than yours and a whole lot more expensive. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. I'm 52. My time, my time was when I was younger. I'm just having fun now. What? So late, late models don't even interest you these days? No, no, they don't. I, those are for the young guys. Those are the guys that, you know, someone like, that would be perfect for Jacob or someone like that. For me, it's, I'm just having fun. I, I don't want to take it too serious. Don't tell that to Scott Bloomquist or uh, Superman or Billy Moyer. Don't tell those guys that. Um, now, now, Mark, let me ask you, at what point, I'm kind of going back a little bit, at what point do you look at you know, either your family or your wife or your kids and say, I think it's time that we do this again, and then how do you decide in what realm you're going to come back to the sport? Well, I tried to just come back and race for somebody else, and it was very difficult. And because you're you're really you're you're going by somebody else's decisions and you can't really do what you really want so it was difficult for me on the other hand it was nice because i wasn't spending the money but at the end of the day if you're a true race car driver we're going to win and we, you know we're going to prep all week long with the thought that we're going to win and and i think uh owning our own car and doing our own thing has has got us in the right position now to where we can be really successful you know moving forward well, and what is moving forward? So, obviously, you said you might look at UMP and, and maybe doing some traveling there. Um, part two on Mark Anderson's career, are you guys just – is this just for fun now, right? Are you guys just doing whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want? And, uh, I mean, man, I, I got a smile on my face just thinking about that. To be able to just do that really does sound like a, a lot of fun. We have an agreement. You know, my best friend Nick and I, and I have an agreement, so – if one of us has a wedding or one of us has an event, we don't race. Um, we just don't go. You know, there was an exception that last weekend. We were not going to go to race. You know, we went to Winston and we weren't going to race and Nick couldn't make it. So my son and I and another guy went and uh, that was an exception. But for the most part, we don't go racing. If there's something between the two of us, well, either one of us, we don't go. So it's not like we're looking for a reason, but we don't let um, racing come before anything else. You know, Mark, I, I just started getting, 
you know, my feet wet in the IMCA stuff the last couple years um, through this show, just trying to get more interested in it because I was, I was only, when I first went to dirt racing, it was all UMP that I saw, right? You brought up, you know, you brought up Colin and, and AJ and, and, uh, and Jacob and stuff like that. Um, is, could this be one of the most competitive divisions in any, at any track throughout the state of Michigan? Oh, I think so. I think so. There's, there's other guys, you know, there's other guys that are there too. There's, there used to be, uh, you know, in UNP, there's, there's three guys that could win. I think in IMCA on any given night, there's six to eight guys that could win. Yeah. You know, it's very competitive. Um, and, and again, there's just so many opportunities where you can go to go race. I mean, you go up to Crystal, you got guys up there like the, the young boys that have been racing as long as I have. They're hard to beat up there. You know, we talk about Longhorn, we talk about Jacob Poole and, uh, and, and his suspension business, but plastered all down the side of that car is Accurate Engines. What's your affiliation with them, and how important are they to what you've got going on? They're, uh, he's been a long, long friend. He's been our, he's been our sponsor for 20-plus years. He supplies us with all the engines. He buys all our engines. Um, the UMP days, that, that got very, very expensive for them, but they stuck by us. Um, when we told them we were going to retire and the reason why, uh, you know, he agreed with us and just kind of moved on. And I don't think he really jumped in with anybody else. Uh, when I called him back and said, we're thinking about doing it, he was all in. So I, I just mentioned the idea of the UNP engine. and He said, order it up and let's get going. Let's, oh, wow. let's, let's do it. So, you know, we're going to have, a, we're going to have a couple more engines next year, which will be nice. We've got a hell of a good car. And obviously, we've got a good staff behind us, and then we can just pick and choose where we want to go racing. One of the things that's been, you know, intriguing for me now that I've been out of the sport, you know, for, well, as far as behind the wheel, I've been out for, you know, five, six years, is how much technology has changed. And a lot of guys talk about that, like the Eric Spanglers and the Brandon Thurlby's even, um, you know, the Dona Marcouliers uh, and, and the modified guys, too, who are racing through these technology changes was that a hard part for you to come back 10 years after and, and try to settle back in and, and, you know, see what all was new, see where the latest technology was or, uh, you know, and I'm being very brass, or is that where you just open up the checkbook and say, whatever it takes to get me to victory lane, put it on this race car. I would say that would be the final answer right there. Whatever it takes, open up the checkbook. I think that's our philosophy, whatever it takes to win. I just, I think it's a big waste of time, especially when, we got a group of guys that are 50 years plus and uh, you know, you work your tail off all week long to, to get a car ready. Uh, we just, we do have the philosophy. If we're not, we're not going to win. We don't, we're, we're not even going to bother to go. We don't, if we have something wrong with the ball, if we're going to, we're not going to go there and say, Hey, we'll be happy with second or third. Sure. So that, that's, that's, that's been our philosophy. So we just kind of stick with that. And I guess too, right. You can put, you can put all the money that you can afford to put onto these race cars, but you still got to know what you're doing with them. So between you and your crew, was was there a learning curve, or or was it pretty much like you remembered it, like getting back on a bike? It was like a it was like an eight hour class down at Long with three guys. We were with them all day long. When we got home, it was kind of a little bit of a curveball for us. But after about the third week, God, I wish we'd have known what we know. You know what we know now, what we back in the day, because it's it's a third of the amount of time to set up a race car than what it used to be. You know, they're going off smash numbers. They're, they're not going off ride heights or nothing anymore. You're going off weights off the four corners. You, you're not doing any of that anymore. So it's so much simpler. 
Mark, you kind of led me into my question. You, you, you were talking about, you know, go ahead and write, write the check and we'll just go racing wherever we want. And when we show up, we want to win. Um, so I'm taking season championships at a track. Don't mean anything to you. You're just looking, looking to see what they're paying that week and, and how far is it away? That's correct. You got, the, you, I think that's exactly right. There are some racetracks, um, Again, I don't mean I don't mean to sound like I keep telling you how old we are, but there's some racetracks that like to race till two, three o'clock in the morning. That's not for us. Wait, there's some tra- we avoid those racetracks. At that by that point, pajamas should be on, uh, car should be washed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you got that right. I, I got to tell you, at 27 years old, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that either. So, uh, you know, Mark, this has been really cool to kind of you know get a chance to be reintroduced to you uh, because again, right, 10 years ago. I wasn't really following along closely. I know there's a lot of people who are listening to our show that are in the same boat. Of course, Rich, uh, you know, probably didn't even know that they raced on dirt 10 years ago. Um, And so, you know, this is pretty cool for you to kind of have this uh, return to racing. How long do you think you're going to go here now in part two? You know, I really don't know. Uh, I guess I'm going to go. I'm going to go until it's not fun anymore again. Like, I mean, to me, I I think we, we burn ourselves out when we were younger. You know, we, we raced so much. We started in February, but this time we kind of know. We know when it's time to slow her down, and I don't think we'll burn ourselves out. So that's kind of an open end. I don't really know. I'll race until, I'll race as long as I can be competitive. Mark, we talked a little bit about the accurate engines on the side of that 43 machine. Uh, obviously, it takes more than that. Who else is on that race car to get you guys up and down the road? We, do, we have Flat River Electric that jumped on with us. Um, they are awesome people they're actually the relatives of nicks and they um they they pretty much open up their checkbook for us as well he loves racing the whole family comes and watches he's got they got two or three little kids and i mean they they just are into this racing so they're helping us big time we got uh lionized um landscape that's been or lionized concrete excuse me that's been supporting us um majorly but the big one for us is uh you know between flat river and accurate engines obviously is the huge for us um i i think that without them we wouldn't make this possible at all well mark it's been a pleasure man to uh, get a chance to talk to you obviously I, I interviewed you a couple of times at the end of the year down in victory lane so uh nicely done again mark anderson had a, a great end of the season right four wins seven top fives 10 top 10 finishes and 14 events this year and uh, maybe going to hit the road a little early next year. We'll look for that, Mark. Uh, is there any way that people can keep up with what you got going on? I know you do have that Facebook page, but again, old dog, new trick, right? You're not on there all the time. Well, I'll be honest with you. That's my son. My son set that up. I'm old dog, and I'll say the old dog. My son set that up, and he tries to keep people updated. He acts like he's me. It's kind of funny, but you know, he gets a kick out of it. But it, 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 he, does, he just likes to keep people informed. I guess the main reason was was to uh, recognize our sponsors, of course. you know, especially Longhorn, Longhorn and Accurate, and and they really like that because it's easier for them to share their photos and the success. All right, man. Well, hey, you have had a successful year. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next year. Talking about getting back behind the wheel of a UMP modified and uh, maybe starting the season early. That'll be fun. So, Mark, appreciate you. Good job this season. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. I hope to see you in the infield. Well, appreciate Mark making time to join us on the show. And, uh, Rich, it's uh, time now to take a look at our Gary Did You Know results from a couple of weeks ago. Yep, so seeing we're going to have him on next week to for his October, uh, October quiz. So this is from September. This is just from a few weeks ago. So that was quiz number 18. 
And uh, here we go. We're going to get right into it. Question number one was, Zach, what was a chug-a-boom? No clue, Rich France. <laughs> no clue. I didn't have that one either. The answer was a Bob Seelman Super Modified. Never, so, never in a million years. I know. We, we talked to Gary and say, can you get, like, questions from when we were alive? Yeah. Because that because I'd have a better <laughs> chance of answering some of these. Exactly. So, so here's another cute one. Question number two, and this is right up Gary's alley. What driver would be good for yard work? I, Zach? Again. Again. Nothing. It's true. It's true. Uh, driver's name would be Bill Rake. Get it, get it, get it, because the rake, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, okay, all right. This one is the one that I thought when we debuted the questions that somebody would get, and I was almost sure. Uh, what was Jim McCune's nickname? I, I, this is still a little bit before my time, uh, but again, not talking about Jimmy McCune, right? Talking right. about the original Jim McCune. Yes, and, um, and I did know this just from being around Gary, because... We'd have been around Jimmy for a while, and we talked about Jim. But uh, Irish Jim McCune, Irish was his nickname. And then question number four, this former late model driver was known as Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Zach, you know who Gorgeous George was? No idea. Me neither. Um, I don't even know what era this late model driver was in. Somebody listening uh, can let us know. But George Gustafson. George Gustafson was Gorgeous George. So that was quiz number 18 for September for Gary Did You Know. And Zach, now uh, on the phone line, man, we had this gentleman on a few years ago. He had very successful run from when he started out at 14 years old at Flat Rock Speedway. He picked himself up a championship. Well, it took him a little while with COVID and not being able to race, and they quarantined him in the country. But, man... We were able to get through on the phone lines to him. He's gonna he's joining us back again tonight. Ray Morneau, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting a chat with you guys. Man, tell me, uh, do you miss us yet, or are you having fun over there? <laughs> uh, I'm having fun over here, but uh, I definitely miss it. We're uh, <laughs> we're looking right now. We'd like to get back over there because uh, we had a ton of fun over there. Talk to me about, uh, we'll jump straight into it, Delaware Speedway. You guys ran last year there full-time. Um, I know I, I followed you guys a lot for the first two years of COVID. You couldn't do anything in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. You finished second last year, and this year, man, you're able to wrap it up. Congratulations, late model championship at Delaware. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, came one point short last year and uh, definitely stung a little bit, but uh, that just drives you through the winter even uh, to work even harder right so uh we uh came out this year swinging we uh won four races and i think we had two or three second place finishes and just uh overall had a really really good year and we we're able to uh wrap up the championship which is uh it's really really cool how long does that make your winter when you lose the championship by one stinking point <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> It was a long, long winter. I mean, we we dealt with it back our, our second year at Flat Rock. Uh, the last three weeks rained out, and we lost the championship by, I want to say it was 25 points uh, to Greg Stute. So it was only five spots. So <laughs> we dealt with that, and uh, that one definitely stung. But uh, last year's was, it uh, it stung a lot. You know, it, you don't realize how much 
the heat races mean when when it comes down to one point. <laughs> so you know, we we talked to you about you know after your championship run, and then you know the whole world got turned upside down with this uh, COVID thing, and that was kind of when Ray Morneau left the chat, if you will, over at Flat Rock Speedway because of, uh, of of restrictions and regulations and all that sort of thing. You guys literally could not come over to the states uh, to race anymore. So. Uh, you know, I want to start there. What was that? What was that time like for you guys? I mean, everybody knows their situation, you know, separately, but um, you know, just completely cut off from a part of the world that you guys had kind of made your own there. I mean, that's very unique for your situation to uh, not only have your pastime come to an end like we did over here in the states for for a couple of months, but yours got completely flipped upside down, and you couldn't access any racing for what over a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely, definitely weird. Um, we, uh, I mean, everybody experienced it, but, uh, over here in Canada, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. We, during the COVID year, we were able to run five races with the APC series. Um, and it was, I mean, but it was just weird. There was nobody allowed in the stands. Uh, everybody had to stay in their own pits. It was just weird. And like you said, to not be able to go over to the United States was, it sucked. I mean, the, the racing over there, the, the competition is awesome. And, uh, we definitely missed it and we, we'd like to get back over there. Uh, and we're going to, going to see what we can do to do that. Cause, uh, we definitely missed it. So in trying to replace what you had kind of, what you were building up at flat rock, what'd you guys do, right? Because you guys kind of had to change some things with your program to say, okay, well, if we're not going to be able to race in the States, we're going to have to race here at home. Uh, so what sort of changes did your program go through because of that? Yeah, we were after uh, uh, 2018. We we definitely looked at our options and uh, knew our, our car was good at Flat Rock, and, and we wanted to move up uh, just to kind of have a new challenge. Uh, not that the the street stocks were weren't a challenge. I mean, there was a lot of good competition, but uh, just wanted to see if we could move up and and then just challenge ourselves again. But uh, um, we decided to come back over here and uh, run the pro late and. Um, they're, they're a different animal running on bump stops and uh, you got the better shocks, you got 10 inch slicks, better brakes. I mean, it's, it's a totally different animal. And then, uh, you're going from a uh, quarter mile flat rock speedway to uh, half mile Delaware speedway. So it's, uh, it was a big change. Um, luckily my, uh, dad and my uncles had run at Delaware for years prior in the early two thousands. Um, but, uh, it was definitely a change for, for me as a driver. And then, uh, like a, mentioned just going to the prolate with the bump stops and everything it uh definitely throws you for a loop but uh i think we got a little bit of a grasp on it right now and we're uh we're gonna try and ride this momentum out <laughs> i gotta talk to you about the prolate models over there because i remember seeing the outlaw late models over in canada and they are nothing like the outlaw late models here i mean they're they just seem wilder are they the same as they are over here are all the templates the same everything else you can do like yeah, let's say the, like like let's say the Jake Seri All Stars Tour. Do you batch right up with them? Uh, the template wise, we do. Uh, like all the body rules and everything are the same. Um, just there's mo- different motor rules. Obviously, I know CRA has the different motor rules too. But uh, um, there's different rules. We we have to run uh, Bilstein shocks. Um, I know you guys are allowed to run the Penske's in the CRA All Star Tour. So um, just little stuff. Uh, but 
we have a set of Penske's. Um, so it's not out of the option to. <laughs> did you hear to, uh, how? Did you hear how reluctantly he said that? He kind of like lowered his voice. <laughs> I mean, we have a set of Penske's, so. <laughs> <laughs> we no, uh, no, no, because now I'm going to put the heat on him because he knows what I'm going to say. We have a race this week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So we'll, it's, it's not I don't that know. Far to, it's, it, it's not that far to Winchester, young man. I can handle it. <laughs> I'd love to go do that, but uh, I don't think our, our team is uh, just ready for that just yet. But uh, we're definitely looking, like I said before, we're, we're looking into our options to go back over there. I'd love to go around Flat Rock again in the CRA All-Star Tour. And then uh, we, uh, before all this COVID stuff, and that place just looks awesome. So, Definitely a couple tracks I got uh, circled on my bucket list just to get back to, and uh, we'll see what we can make happen. Now, staying at home actually opened up some uh, unique opportunities for you. Uh, you got a chance to race, in under, race uh, under some sanctions that are known worldwide, right? So uh, this is pretty cool for you. You know, not all not all bad. A little silver lining there for you, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, uh, we definitely, coming back over here was, uh, I missed, running flat rock but coming back over here like you said it opened a lot of doors um we picked up a great sponsor in uh john arts group um and jr excavating they uh they help a, a huge amount and um they were they were the main push to uh get me into the nascar pinty series for the last race at delaware and uh it was uh definitely cool to uh to go in and run those cars totally different heavy cars no brakes not very great shocks but uh just a, a cool, cool deal, and um, I, I definitely look forward to it. We didn't have the greatest day. We uh, we had a lot of speed, I think. We, we uh, were running seventh with uh, just a, a few laps in. We started tenth. We were running seventh, and a power steering line blew. Uh, kind of ruined our day, but uh, we went ten laps down and had to um, fight our way back, and you just, once you go ten laps down, you can't. So, um, But, yeah, it, it was definitely cool to uh, – to be a NASCAR driver for the day. <laughs> now, is that going to, I mean, is there anything else that's going to come from that? Are you, are you seeing opportunities? Are you in conversation with some people? I mean, is this, is this opening doors? I mean, even though you guys had a tough day with a mechanical failure, um, you know, I think we talk about it all the time. It's not necessarily you go out there and win, but it's about how you race and how you take care of equipment and that sort of stuff. So uh, anything potentially coming from this? Um, I, I'm not sure yet. Um, I've been talking to my sponsor and, um, I'm hoping that, uh, we can get something worked out to do it again next year. Um, and then maybe a little bit more in the APC series that tours Ontario here, but, uh, but no, I definitely like to, uh, like to see if we could get another shot at that. Cause we definitely, I think had speed and, uh, I think we could, uh, show what, what we could do with, uh, with a car that, I mean, the car was great. Just, just a parts failure that you, you can't, uh, can't do anything about Ray. Talk. Let's talk about this Pinty series for a minute, because I, some of the, some of our listeners here in the States think NASCAR, but explain to it. What is it kind of, what's, what can they compare it to here in the States to give them an idea of what kind of cars you're running? They'd be similar to uh Arca car or a K and N car. Um, just a, a heavy, heavy car, like definitely nothing I'm used to. Um, so kind of like a K&N or an ARCA car. So what do you think, what are you, what are you going to do now? You, you started, you finished second in the points last year. You solved the one point problem this year and you wrap it up. Um, 
you, you that's gonna you guys are gonna do more than pro late models coming up. I mean, you're you're still you're still young. I've known you since you've been 14 years old. You're not anywhere near hanging the helmet up. What do you want to do? Um, I just I'd like to run as as long as I could in these late models. I I really really enjoy it. Um, and if anything else came up to where I could move up, I'd be uh, I'd be hopefully ready for it. But uh, it would definitely not be something I'd turn down. So uh, if we could could move up and, and say do more a little a little bit more of the APC series or a full tour, I'd love to do that. And then uh, if something happened and I got somebody uh, on board to do the Pinty series, it'd be really really cool. But as of right now, I mean, I just I just love racing late models and it's. Uh, just a, a really a dream come true just to be able to to run a late model and this year to become a champion is uh something i'd never thought we'd uh we'd be able to accomplish just uh kind of a family run deal it's uh very very cool you know you mentioned the family run deal and I, it's like we set you right up for this um i was kind of looking through your page a little bit today getting ready for this and it's pretty cool when uh, you know there's somebody in the pits with you taking pictures and supporting you and even has one of their fingernails painted like one of your race cars. That's got to be pretty cool to have that support from a significant other down there too. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, definitely really cool. I got uh, my parents are a hundred percent and my sister's a hundred percent and she's on the crew and uh, my girlfriend, she, uh, she, she actually, I, I race with her uncle kind of thing slash dad. They're really, really close. And uh, it's definitely cool to, to have her support too. It's uh Definitely, definitely a neat deal, and uh, looking forward to having this family race team uh, for a long time. Ray, we're we're allowed to snack while we do the show, right? So I just want to oh, let you know. Lord. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm going somewhere with this, and Ray knows where I'm going with this. His his sister Dana <laughs> makes some awesome desserts, so we would not <laughs> we, we would not be against sending some across the border for us to snack and maybe rate them on the show yeah why not we can start that well i'll tell you what i'll see what i can do well ray it's better but, but, but talk about but talk about how that how she got started in that because she was she started that over there and she sells them in the pits and stuff so she's having a lot of fun with it isn't she yeah yeah it's uh it's just something it was actually during COVID. she was uh looking for a job and she couldn't really find a job and she uh she decided started making treats and uh i i tried them and i told them told her they were delicious and she got my dad's opinion and a couple of guys around the shop here and uh everybody said they were good so she kind of took that and ran with it and uh yeah she's selling them at the track and it seems like everybody loves them so definitely a cool deal for her to uh i mean everybody at the track it they support her and uh it's, it's cool to see so She's enjoying it, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, she keeps doing it because I I don't want her to stop. <laughs> and I guess you know maybe going back and hitting this one more time, Ray. Any any excuses, any opportunities, anything you're looking on your calendar, maybe into next year to put those Penske shocks on and uh, come over that Ambassador Bridge or through the tunnel and uh, see what's going on over here again. Or are you are you guys feeling pretty comfortable over there in Canada now? Um, we we like it over here, but. Uh, it all depends schedule wise and uh, what, what my sponsor wants to do too. Right. So I, I've been talking to him and he, he'd like to get over to the States. He mentioned flat rock. And uh, if the schedule permits, I, I'd love, love to go back to flat rock. We enjoyed it a lot, had, uh, had some success there. So if we could uh, go back there and see what we could do, do at flat rock and then um, kind of go from there. And uh, like I said, Birch run is one me and dad have, 
circled on our calendar to uh, have a look at because it's, uh, it's a nice track and feel like we could uh, maybe have a shot. Now, you got that big number 03 on that car, man, and that, that Pro Late model looks awesome. And I know I'm setting you up for this, and it's going to take you a minute. Tell, tell me all the names of the people that helped you help you get down the road. Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> we that, got, I uh, knew that. That's why I'm taking a break. <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, we got, uh, like I said, the John Arts Group. They're a big uh, a group of companies up in London where we race, and uh, without them, we, we wouldn't be able to be where we are. So them, first and foremost. Uh, then we got JR Excavating, Dutch Brothers, East Elgin Concrete Farming, Concrete Farming uh, Limited, um, Tormont Cat, Hallmark Memorial, Reed Farms, Iron Mike Industries, St. Dennis Machine, Revard Snow Plowing, Sun Parlor Trailers, uh, Highland Tools, Double R Reworks, and that's, I'm going to say that's, that's our sun, sun Parlor Trailers, I said, but I want to make sure. <laughs> um, not not having the car beside me is a little bit hard sometimes, but uh, <laughs> we have, if I miss anybody, we have the the best supporters. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't, I don't know, We I don't think we'd be racing. It's, uh, it's awesome to have their support and uh, look forward to carrying it out for the years to, years to come. All right, Can Ray, we'll we, we'll go ahead. Uh, I was just, oh, no, I was just going to tell him we made it through a whole interview, and I never called him Bubba. Oh man, <laughs> I've missed I, it. I've missed it. <laughs> but I had to throw. I had to throw it in at the end. Of course, <laughs> I love it. All right, Ray. Well, hey man, congratulations on a stellar season, and uh, glad to hear that things are going well over there in uh, Canada. So, uh, man, would look forward to see you back over here sometime if the schedule works out. Otherwise, go get them and good luck. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me back on. It was nice. Uh, nice catching up with you. And I hope to see you next summer. It's uh, definitely something we're we're looking at. So. Hope to see you guys in person next summer and uh, maybe have a few cool ones after the races. Well, and just to echo the thoughts, right, it's, it was a pleasure to get a chance to uh, talk to Ray. And I don't know, Rich, uh, do you think we could handle a couple of cold ones in the infield after a race? I mean, the invite's out there now. Do you think we can handle that? Well, like I said, I think a couple of cold ones and make sure he brings his sister Dana with her desserts. <laughs> and, and we'll be having a... Happy time picnic after right. the races one night. That's right. Well, we give the give you the full preview, but again, don't forget Winchester 400 weekend. Rich is this weekend racing all three days: Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, I got to tell you, of course, Sunday's the big day with the Winchester 400. These preliminary nights, though, are going to be fantastic as well. Yeah, you don't get much of a break. If you go for the weekend, you're going to be entertained all three days. Friday, headlined by the Winchester 100 for the Jag CRA All Stars Tour. CRA Sportsman Street Stocks will also be in action. Vores Compact Touring Series will also stage a 30-lap feature event uh, on Friday. Racing kicks off at 7 p.m. And, Zach, Saturday, the Arcaceri Super Series finally hits the track with practice and qualifying for the Winchester 400. The Run for the Gun 50 for the Midwest Modifieds Tour will also be on tap. CRA Sportsman and Street Stocks once again in action with their big championship feature events. And the Thunder Roadsters, remember those, Zach? Once again, making another appearance for a 20-lap feature event as well. Qualifying gets going at 3.30 on Saturday Modified for the Modifieds, 4 p.m. for the Winchester 400 cars. First green flag flies at 5 p.m. And then on Sunday, Zach, the Winchester 400. Autograph session at 12.30, pre-race ceremonies at 1.30. The green flag for the Winchester 400 flies at 2 p.m. 
in Winchester. All right, looking forward to that for sure. And then uh, if I wasn't in Winchester, Indiana, I'd be in Kokomo, Indiana this weekend, Friday and Saturday. It's the 15th running of the Kokomo Clash. Friday night is usually my night uh, down at Kokomo because Thunder Cars, Sportsmen, and uh, Sprint Cars will be in action. Gates at four, hot laps and qualifying at six with racing to follow. And then now I'll trade Friday for Saturday. Super late models, UMP modified, street stocks, and Hornets. Gates at three, qualifying and hot laps at four with racing to follow on Saturday at the Kokomo Clash, and uh, we did that show last week. Registration pretty much full for all divisions, so they're going to have a full show down there at Kokomo. Yep, and we're trying to find some stuff around here. You talked about Mottville, but uh, if you're an Ohio fan, Lorraine Raceway Park, the Greg Prunty Halloween Festival of Speed, that is their season-ending cavalcade at Lorraine Raceway Park. Super late models, which are outlaws, uh, modifieds, outlaw super sprints, must-see crate sprints, and more street stocks, pure stocks, go on down the line. They're going to have a stack of them there this weekend at Lorraine Raceway Park. Make sure you go to the Lorraine Raceway Park Facebook page. They are adjusting the start times for the weekend, uh, probably because it looks like it's going to be a little bit cooler uh, in northern Ohio. So check their Facebook page for the latest start times at Lorraine Raceway Park. And again, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, sad to announce that Merle Holden passed away to start the show at Mountville Speedway. But if you have absolutely nothing going on, rumor has it uh, that they are going to race this weekend, the following weekend, and the final weekend in October uh, per his wishes to finish out the uh, 2022 season. And uh, I'm almost sure that that's going to happen. So if you're looking for some place to go, check out Mountville on US 12, just on the other side of White Pigeon. Great little fun racetrack to get to, easy to get to as well. Just come on down, hop on US 12, you can't miss it. And um, I'm sure they're going to have a, a great memorial race this weekend and uh, do what they can to honor Merle. So, uh, again, sad to announce his passing earlier today. But that's going to do it for another episode of Horsepower Happenings for Rich France, the guy who does it all, uh, Scott Mendler, who pays the bills. And uh, I'm Zach Heiser, who just kind of runs his mouth a lot. We're looking forward to seeing you down at Winchester Speedway, Winchester, Indiana, this coming weekend for the Winchester 400. And uh, if, Rich, we manage to survive three days straight of racing, We'll be back same time, same place next week right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.